0: What's going on, everybody? It's your girl JQ, sports personality and sports host,
1: and it's your boy Spoon Man, high school basketball coach, sports junkie, just really trying to make it make sense, man.
0: And y'all are tuned in to another episode of Counted Me Count Me Out Podcast, Me Out Podcast, Count Me Out Podcast. Tonight we have a special guest in the building. I am so excited to interview you, <laughs> Sheree Nicole, TV producer, podcast producer. She's worked with Sister Circle. Uh, essence.
2: Ooh. We supposed to say that? I think we can uh, say that.
0: That's of course we can there. say that. Because sometimes,
2: you know, can't say everything. Plus, I don't tell a lot of people because they start asking me for Tickets, tickets to festival and don't be can calling. Can pitch my client to get an estimate? <coughs> like, so I can't about help the counting me out podcast, <laughs> <laughs>
1: we've <laughs> already started the
2: interview. Sorry, sorry. Ah, sorry, okay, sorry. Okay.
1: Don't worry, we got time. <laughs> we, we gonna <laughs> we jump into time. some fire
0: questions just to do an icebreaker really quick. I'm so I have about nervous. one or two questions, and then Spoon over here is gonna ask his crazy questions. Oh, I have mercy,
1: simple, simple, Steve. Maybe. Okay, I'm just okay. Steve.
0: All right, so you just had a lifetime experience at the Beyonce concert. <laughs> you was looking fabulous. Thank you. If you had to ask Beyonce mm. one question, what would it be?
2: How many B12 vitamin injections do you get per week? Mm. Because mm. there's there's no, no way. way. You're doing a three-hour set on a world tour that often with no supplementary assistance. That's my question. No, Cap. I ain't going to lie, y'all. <laughs> if y'all have
1: not seen Beyonce live, I just took my wife on Saturday. show was amazing. Fire. The most incredible part. For a whole entire show, she's singing. Crowd is going crazy. It's loud, and she tells the crowd to be quiet. And guess what they do? Every they, single person at the same exact time. Crazy. She goes, "Everybody go mute." And when she said mute, the whole crowd was. I'm looking. I'm like. <laughs> I'm looking around like. I'm looking. <laughs> The most instro- extraordinary thing I've ever seen. Shouts out to Beyonce Facts. for making 100,000 people be quiet yep. when she says so.
0: She just has that effect. Oh, my goodness. It was she crazy. Does. Oh, my god, It was crazy.
2: It was, it was in my top five because I've seen Prince before and some other artists that I just thought put on some great performances, but between her singing it was nice for me to just hear her sing yeah. mm, so she was live. still dancing but it was less of yes. that mm-hmm. and more singing mm-hmm. and i was just the creativity i she was impressed by yeah, yeah, I, I had a ball. and her band
1: yeah. was incredible Fire. shout out to the last twins the two dudes yeah. that was up yeah there it was, was
2: like, I, I will okay. go
1: again stop playing <laughs> I, I do it That's uh,
2: that it was my first beyonce show mm. i never yeah. i've never seen her perform in concert before so i was like i was yeah like, that was, was that like, was
1: like, it's up there for sure. I can't say it's the best because I, I was at that Glow in the Dark tour in 2009-ish, the Rihanna and Kanye. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. But that concert this past weekend was fire. Yeah. yeah people sure.
0: were saying even if you're not a Beyonce fan, mm-hmm. you'll still enjoy her performances. She's Unless good, you're a man. complete hater. like yeah, If you love
2: point. music, you will enjoy that show. I don't care how much you like or dislike yeah. this woman. Her talent, her creativity. Undeniable.
0: Cannot be denied. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Sure. My next question is, what was the first thought that you had this morning when you woke up?
1: Huh. Wow. The first one, not because you about to start <laughs> thinking back. Because you uh, know, when you
2: first one. wake up, it's like
1: <laughs> Snooze.
2: Yep. Oh, <laughs> uh, let me read my devotional. Uh <laughs> what was my first thought? Dang, I love my question. No, I yeah, woke up and I was like, it, I'm glad I woke up on time. Because I, I go to the gym in the morning. Okay. And sometimes when you're tired, you know, you hit the snooze a little too much. Mm-hmm. I only hit it one time this morning.
1: See, I'm a, I was on Instagram. You wanted something funny. Funny fact. I was on Instagram. Now, I don't know how true this is. But <laughs> I watched a little clip on Instagram. Lady said, you should never hit snooze. Why? On your alarm clock. I love I, snooze. It's incredible. The, the, because your, your brain is set up. It's in sleep mode. When you hit snooze, you wake up. And you're in sleep mode, it you goes back into sleep mode for like 90 minutes or something. So that's not true. That's With why you go back to sleep. Shout you out to the sleep. same
2: iPhone. That's not true. Look because it up. When you hit snooze, it only lasts for 10 minutes. Oh, and then see, I the look alarm goes you back on. Are you again. calling
1: this lady a lie?
2: The internet ain't never lied to me. Lady, I don't know what <laughs> your name is, but your cap. Ooh, yes, super cap. 10 look, minutes. And your back is back ringing again. 90 is what she said. Absolutely not true.
1: Not true. At I'm least so with I'm the iPhone. Send it to you. I can't wait to find my find. Go ahead and send, send it to me. I'm just, love, I'm just telling like you this.
2: about the experiences that I have every night. I put my phone on sleep mode at 11 p.m. and I put my alarm on. If I hit snooze, 10 minutes later, my alarm's going off again. Just automatically, that's how the snooze works. You on
1: don't feel iPhone. like you go back into deeper sleep. Absolutely after that first not. Because I'm already yeah, kind of like ready that, to get up. I'm yeah. just that landing. eight minute yeah, sleep in between that first snooze is top tier sleep. It is. But then you get up and you're
2: like, okay, you know.
1: I might <laughs> hit it again. I might triple snooze. Hey, we 38 minutes in. Sometimes
2: nah. it's needed. Yeah. And it I've is. learned to give myself grace. Like, yep. if it's one of those mornings where it's like, yo, maybe I went to I bed late. You know, yeah. I need to tap snooze about Two, three, four, five, six, mm-hmm. seven times. Seven. So, you know,
1: now we got the seven. I'm that just saying,
2: give me an extra hour. Okay. It just
1: depends. <laughs> okay. But <laughs> you got spoon. So you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a food guy, man. Like okay. I like to keep my questions super duper simple. I'm from Atlanta, <laughs> wing capital of the universe. Okay. Drums are flats. So
2: you say, flats. Absolutely flats. Yeah, I I threw some shade at you. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> okay. Ranch or blue cheese? Neither. I'm a picky eater. Neither. Yeah. Gross. No dipping okay. sauce. I need no dipping sauce on no on no wings. I'm good. I, I'm I'm not gonna lemon panic. Pepper. I'm
1: not gonna panic. I'm not gonna panic. Wait don't before you, panic. you wait before you go because don't I feel you like you was about to jump off the. Uh. Go to flavor.
2: Oh, lemon pepper all day.
1: Just regular lemon pepper.
2: Well, taco dry. Taco Mac has these amazing wet lemon pepper wings, and okay, I typically hit I that get that with the roasted all flats. I don't want. to okay. I, don't I cut just you like. Off. Those. I want to cut you off.
1: You just be, did. Yeah, before, <laughs> because I, 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 I got to.
2: Why are you getting offended at my life and my
1: answers? Where are you from?
2: I'm from Chicago. Oh, Harold's okay, chicken. That, okay, yeah. You know, okay. that explains it. Exactly.
1: Okay. I'll, I love your answer now for sure. I don't
2: want a bunch of stuff slopped on my chicken wings. I don't need
1: that. Yeah, you guys. think But handled. no
2: shade to the people that like all of that. It's fine.
1: As you throw shade to the people that no, like all of that. it's fine. They,
2: <laughs> if you want all that on your chicken, who are me to judge?
1: Dried lemon pepper wings are for domestic terrorists. Wet well, lemon pepper
2: wings, I do as well. Garlic par- garlic parmesan. If they if I'm at a party and they run out of the lemon pepper, then I'll go there. And I like mild sauce, which y'all don't. You don't mm-hmm. have that here in Atlanta. Now, if I'm back home in Chicago, I'm slapping mild sauce all over my chicken wings, and that's good.
1: Mild and sauce. The fries I hate and the, the fact the white that bread. y'all just say mild sauce because it's not. It's, it, like, it has a flavor. Where are you from? Here, Atlanta. So don't you I'm can't tell us you can't Australia. tell
2: us how to talk about our sauces. That's Yeah, not but it's cool. not mild sauce. Mild is.
1: sauce is like that's like right before you get to hot.
2: You see how he's trying to define mm-hmm. our stuff. Mm-hmm.
1: You just you but tried you to put mild. Su- <laughs> this is what I'm saying. At Harold's Chicken, y'all dip it. It's like a sweet and kind of yeah. it's not that's not mild sauce. Mild it go mild hot, super hot. You know, inferno. You know, it. It's a subjective
2: is, thing. Mild is different for different people and regions of this country. Okay,
0: I'll allow it. I'm, I'm a so we, I'm can <laughs> we can go all night. We can go all night.
1: We can go all night. Come on, cause you about to. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry.
0: I didn't get to go to the Beyonce concert. So yeah, I'm sure, just having my I'm moment. Cherie, you are doing an amazing job. Thanks. And so you, nice. you may not know this, but I've been watching you for the last couple of months.
2: I've been watching you too. I love your I love your brand
0: and and to be quite honest, and you said this before the show that a lot of people don't ask you about your athletic career. We're gonna get into that later, (laughs) but um, let's take a few moments and talk about all the great things that you're doing right now. To being a podcast producer, working with Essence, being behind the scenes podcast, yes. He gonna be, be he oh he's no. gonna be on that all day. But yeah, just talk just talk to about just <laughs> talk to us about all the good things that you're doing right now in your career.
2: So it's funny, like you know, I, I've definitely been producing for going on ten years, um, on the TV side. Now I'm on the digital side, um, with Essence in particular. Do not ask me. Do not ask me. I don't have tickets for you. Do I have anything for Essence Fest for you. I cannot book your clients. Do not ask me. Okay. Um, <laughs> Disclaimer. So uh, doing some producing over there. And really, during the pandemic is really when I pivoted and made some transitions. I actually went to school to be on camera. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was reporting and, and doing all these different things that I loved on camera. And then I made the turn into producing and decided to do that because I thought, first of all, I would make more money earlier. Mm-hmm. And then I'd just be able to transition into being the personality through producing. Mm-hmm. Well, what happened was... I got really great at producing. And people were like, girl, we know you do that, but we need you to produce. And mm-hmm. so when the pandemic came, it was a great opportunity for me to end that, you know, time with Sister Circle. And then I started my own podcast. Um, started on IG Live, and now it's morphed into just a thought with Sheree Nicole. And I'm a one-man band because mm-hmm. of all that producing experience. Mm-hmm. So I shoot shooted, produce myself, it myself, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then, you know, I'm also the host of the Willie Moore Jr. Show. So I'm on radio five days a week, which has been great. So it's been nice to just now I can combine all the skills that I have yeah. and, and hit the masses in ways that I think is most impactful for me and actually most fulfilling for me right now. Mm-hmm. So a lot of different things I'm them. doing, doing some speaking and stuff like that. You know what? He's he over here with these tickets. We ain't
1: never going to get them tickets. She's too
2: busy. You're not get, You're not getting them. <laughs> I'm just grateful I made it here tonight. I'm telling
1: you. We're going to send an the email. The, the, ma- the
2: people are running me <laughs> ragged. But I, I'm grateful. Like I'm, I'm all over the place, but I feel like I'm in the place that I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So I'm super grateful right now. Do you yeah. think
0: you have more of a passion being behind the scenes or being in front of the camera? No.
2: Um, I have a passion for being behind the scenes, but I never felt like it was where I was supposed to be anyway. Mm. I had the skill set. Mm. I had to develop the passion because that's ultimately where I started my career. Mm-hmm. So I think I developed the passion as I got better. But I've always been very passionate about, you know, I need to be in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. I need to be speaking to people. I need to be doing conducting interviews. I need to be a personality. That's just where I've always felt I should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so lately, when I even when I pivoted, it was like, almost not resented being a producer, but I tried to push that so far down mm-hmm. so that people could see yeah. personality Cherie because they yeah. were so used to producer Cherie. Yeah. But now I just embrace the fact that like I'm a jack-of-all-trades. Mm-hmm. I can literally do it all, mm-hmm. and I can say that with confidence and also know like that's, that's an anomaly. There yeah. are people that are really great producers that love, and that's what they do. There's people that are really great personalities. It's very rare that you find somebody that does both very mm-hmm. well. and right. So that's really the... That's the zone I'm in right now. And so was I think that, was that one of your
1: passion? One of your passions growing up? No, yes.
2: it's so funny you say that. Like when I was growing up, I always loved television, mm. but I didn't consider it a passion. Right. I just loved TV. Mm-hmm. Basketball was my life, mm. so I didn't even tap into the gifts that I had outside of basketball until I was at the tail end of my sophomore year in college when I realized, oh. I'm more than a basketball player. Mm-hmm. I love,
0: mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. journalism.
2: I love, I I love television. I love writing, and I had been gifted in writing my whole life. Again, reading and writing, but just dismissed it because all I wanted to do mm. was play basketball. And when your whole life, as you all know, yeah. when you're an elite athlete, your whole life is so focused on ex- elevating to the highest levels of your sport, where sometimes you you just completely disregard the other things that you bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and. I, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I hate when he do this. Why are you being petty this, this <laughs> evening? This is crazy. Go you ahead, got Q, upset go about
1: go the mild sauce. This I, is every no, no I didn't is get upset. I did not get upset. Did I get upset? I did not get upset. All I said was, <laughs> it's a flavor. Call it, it's, give it a name. That's like calling it, uh. It's like, just mild sauce. But then y'all say y'all like it. Like, give it a name then. Oh, Sweet man. and spicy, chili.
0: I'm tired of you trying to control like. people. This is crazy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm out the way. Out the way. Go well, ahead, JK, what what I was going to ask you is, because yeah. I
0: feel like I'm on the other, I'm opposite because I was telling you earlier, I have more of a passion being behind the scenes yeah. than yeah. in front of the camera, and I think a lot of people see me as the personality. Yeah,
2: I certainly do, Yeah.
1: No, I
0: would no, rather send emails. <laughs> oh, for sure.
1: Long elaborate emails. <laughs> pinpointed. Okay,
0: so
2: what's the average email? How many paragraphs on average?
1: For the regular person up here. Thank you. How many? 17 par- paragraphs. You're
0: on over, average. You're over he's over exaggerating. He's over exaggerating. I will she's say gonna the, she's going to send
1: that she's going to send everybody on our team an email tonight. <laughs> Hey, guys, <laughs> just wanted to touch base. We did this good. We've got to work the work on it. glows and grows. Oh, my goodness. Every time. Look. That's, that's, Meg's, ah, look at Meg. <laughs> I, oh, I hey, wish hey, y'all could see on, Meg's phone. On, Meg yeah, just yeah, had the phone up. I will,
0: say, I will say my text messages, <laughs> I do format them in paragraph form. So it's not okay. just, you know, a regular, degular text Angry
1: X text messages is what they saying. <laughs> that you got to scroll three, four times to get to the bottom of it. Oh, Lord. But anywho, so I think <laughs> I, at this in point
0: at this point in my career I'm trying to figure out ways for people to see me more as a PR consultant okay. right? yeah um how were what were some of the ways that you had to show mm. people that hey I am more than a producer I'm actually great in being in front of the camera yeah. and interviewing people how did you what what were some of the steps that you that you made to do that, that? that's
2: a great question I think as humble as I thought I was. At the same time, there was a level of humility I didn't have at a certain point mm-hmm. for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what I mean is oftentimes your ego prevents you from reintroducing yourself to mm-hmm. people repeatedly. Ooh, I so can't wait to chop that. When that people good. are trained to mm-hmm. view you a certain way, some, it, you can't assume, first of all, that just because you know you have a certain skill set that they know it too. Mm-hmm. And so your ego puts you in a position where they should know this. I, I, I don't need to tell them this. or Why do I have to keep saying that? But I got to a place where I'm like, I don't care anymore. How many times I have to tell people and reintroduce myself to them until they get it? Mm-hmm. So, in party was conversations, or it was on a conference call, I would volunteer for certain things. The old Cherie would sit on the phone and be bitter about the fact that I wasn't asked. Mm-hmm. But then I transitioned into, well, they don't know, so let me tell them. Let me let me put my throw my name out there in the hat and see if they pull it. And so from there I started to get other opportunities. And then I said, okay, I'll use my social media platform to mm. slap people upside the head
1: every time daily. Every I get. This yeah. who, I am
2: this, is who yeah. I am. this is who I am. This so is who I am. And do you, also do you to correct people mm-hmm. that did not include that part of my brand and my gift when they talked to me mm-hmm. or talked about me to other people.
1: Is there a line that you draw so that it doesn't come off as you being cocky or arrogant?
2: It's or not is really it just a way of you I'll say this. I think I'm an exceptional communicator. And I try to be mindful of my tone with people. And with that being said, I'm, I, don't, I try not to be abrasive when I correct. It may be just the way I slide it into a conversation. Real talk, I just did it earlier. You know what I'm saying? So, JQ was like, producer, producer, producer. Also hey, stop this. calling also me that, bro. Here.
1: Stop playing no, me. I saw I, I, I but here's it. The deal. I heard it. I am,
2: I am one. But it's also, hey, I do this too, blah, blah, blah. It's a way to say things. But sometimes you do have to be aggressive. And I think sometimes we think about aggression as Mm. anger or being mean. Mm -hmm. It's an assertiveness. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you guys an example. I was on a work call. This was months ago. And they were talking about a particular opportunity. And it was like this franchise that they were building. And it had my name written all over it like it had the sports angle and all of that. And they're on the phone going back and forth about influencers they can reach out to and all these sports reporters and all this stuff and I'm like, I'm sitting right here. Yeah, this is What, what are y'all doing? Yeah. And so I finally was like cuz the part of me that wants to eat that had the ego was like, "Girl, these people should know." The other part of me was like, "Girl, you better you better come on or or you can't complain when they give it to somebody else." Cuz that's what I would do. I would go back and gripe and complain about what somebody didn't didn't give me. Mm-hmm. You have to go take it. So I said, hey, guys, I don't really know what, what you have intended for the people you're trying to get or what their availability may be. I got it. But I can do this. Yeah. And then they said, well, are you sure you can produce it and and be the talent and write an article? I said, yeah. Well, guys, yeah. They didn't know that that's what I, I the Just producing cool. and all the yeah. stuff I had done previous. They didn't know the extent of that. Me producing something and being talent at the same time, it's like work to me because I've been – I've had to do it for so long. Mm -hmm. They didn't know that. So I said, I didn't say, well, I've done this. I said, yeah, I can. You can write a 400, 500-word article. They don't know I'm a writer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can do that. It's not a problem. Okay, you got it. So it's just a way to say stuff. Mm -hmm. And then that morphed into a whole, another really really another position for me and a way for me to expand my brand and be able to do projects that I love that were directly in line with sports. Mm -hmm. So.
1: Yeah, You think a lot of that has to do with you being a former athlete, like your ability to do so many different things at the same time but do them all effectively?
0: Great question.
2: A couple, I think I have a layered answer for that. I think number one, no shade. But I think we as women are natural multitaskers anyway.
1: As she throws the shade.
2: No, it's not shade. It's the truth. Shade. It's
1: true. What? Sit back. If we what? are
2: natural. Most Most of us are natural multitaskers. So you put that right there then you put as an athlete my ability to push through things mm. to to be able to hold an excessive amount of weight and still move in excellence. I think that's where the athletic piece yeah. to me comes in. So it's twofold. Mm-hmm.
1: I like that.
0: I think um I know I was interviewing for this position um not going to tell for for what mm. But I remember going in the interview and they looked at my resume mm. and they asked me about the two schools that I went to and asked me why did I pick those two schools. Mm. And I'm like, well, I played college basketball. Yeah, You played college basketball? <laughs> um, and I, I actually had the guy that hired me at the time, after he hired me, tell me, you don't look like a stud. <laughs> and I, I said, I'm sorry, you said what?
1: And then the discrimination lawsuit. Came. Oh my Look, gosh! I was about to say, well, that's like, what was the white guy's name that said that on the uh, Why would the, the <laughs> nappy headed? Uh, Talking about the Rutgers mascot. Oh yes, you know, yeah, yeah, talk so about our crazy. girl Cappy. Crazy. Same thing.
0: Um. So Same thing. yeah, of course there was a, you know, lawsuit. Yeah, yeah. Um. But the stereotypes that I think society has Mm -hmm. created about athletes that, Mm -hmm. oh, we can only just be an athlete and we can't be great in other areas. Mm -hmm. At what point, I know you went to school for journalism. I know you've done a lot. But what was that point of your life when you said to yourself, I could do more than this. I can be more Mm -hmm. than an athlete.
2: It's a great question. Um, it came on the back end of uh, depression. Mm-hmm. I can now say depression. At the time, I didn't know what depression was.
1: Ooh, let's talk, about, yeah, let's we talk about that. Yeah,
2: Nobody was having conversations about mental health Mm-mm. in 2006. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so when I was going through what I was going through at, at the University of Wisconsin, and I, I did not want to be there anymore. And at the same time, I'm looking at and thinking about what are these people gonna say about me? I'm leaving a major D1 school on a scholarship. I'm getting playing time. So you're thinking about what people are gonna think about you, then you're thinking about the next step, and then you're thinking, if I leave, that means I failed. Hmm. And so I'm in this space where basketball for me that was the first time it like broke my heart in a real way. Hmm. And so once I got past the fact that I don't this I don't feel good about this anymore. I can't I put so much trust in the game, you should never do that, right? You should put trust in God, you should put trust in yourself, but you shouldn't put trust in the game because it could it's not it can disappoint you at any point in time. That's just how it goes. so I get to that place, but also on the other side of that, I was in the business school. don't know why i was why I don't <laughs> like math. I went through an accounting course, almost failed it. I'm hanging on for dear life. And you need a 3-5 to get to the business school at Wisconsin. And I remember going to my counselor, and this is before I decided to transfer. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, you know, when when you're out of position, you're stressed. Mm -hmm. I don't care what aspect of your life. And I'm not talking about the good stress, like, that comes with – moving in, in the direction that God has for you. I'm talking about you are out of position. You are not where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I went to her office, and I'm like, Mary, oh, my God. Shout out to Mary Weaver Cleaves. Like, she changed my life. And I was like, oh, it's just so hard. I hate accounting. I hate math. It's econ class. It's trash. And I had a decent GPA. I was like, right there, like a 3-4. I was right there. She said, Cherie, she said, why do you want to do this? Like, why do you want to do the business school? Why are you? You don't have to struggle. You're smart. You don't have to struggle here if you don't want to. And I was like, well, I want to own my own business one day because that's just what I thought I should be doing. That's what I thought I should say when somebody Mm -hmm. asked me what I want to do. But the reality is I didn't have an entrepreneurial spirit at that time. Now I do, but Mm -hmm. then I didn't. And she said, Cherie, your ACT scores and reading and writing are through the roof. Like, do you know, do you realize that? Have you ever thought about journalism? Have you ever considered it? I think that that would be a better path for you and you'd have a better experience as a student athlete. And I just trusted her judgment. I said, you know, I never thought about that. I do love to write. You know, I'm, this is a strong suit for me. And I switched my major. And then I started taking journalism courses. And I was like, oh, my God, I love this. I love this like I love basketball. And mm-hmm. that was the first thing, I, time I loved something outside of basketball. And then I started having conversations with some of my friends who played college basketball that went overseas for a little bit, mm-hmm. tried to come back. <laughs> I don't have no job experience. They said I don't have have any job experience, so I don't know what I'm going to do. And so when you start having conversations like that, it's like, wait a minute. So You mean to tell me? Because the WNBA, yeah, maybe. But I might have to go overseas, and then I'm going to come back here with no job and be depressed?
0: Mm -mm. Mm -mm,
2: Don't make much sense to me. So I just dove headfirst into the journalism space. And then when I transferred, I, I fell back in love with basketball, but I also accepted the fact that my knees hurt, I can't lean into basketball in the way that I thought I was going to be able to, and I'm okay with walking mm-hmm. away from it in this respect. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean I can't coach. doesn't mean I can't mentor student-athletes. It doesn't mean I can't watch the game and be close to it. I don't have to play it anymore. Mm-hmm. I love this over here. now.
1: How long did it take you to before you really got to the point where you were like, I think I can walk away from basketball and be okay?
2: I would say – Really, once I transferred. Like, once I once I was able to, once I fell in love with journalism, I was okay with how it worked out. Mm. And I think what my senior year, my fifth year, because I had a red shirt back then, y'all know. We yeah, we had to, yeah, to sit, sit out and, out now, and yeah. just yeah. jump in the board and yeah, yeah. uh, exactly, We talking about it. that year, my knees were like, no, girl. Mm. And that was kind of just the exclamation point on a decision I think I had already made at least a year prior to that. Mm. So it didn't take me long after I transferred to say, I'm just going to have a great experience. I'm I'm around the right people. I have the right coaches. You know, I'm going to have a great experience here. And I know, like, if I stay on this track with journalism, I'm going to do well and I'm okay with walking away. Mm-hmm. But the other thing for me was, I'm not going to walk away from something that I am not that I don't have the propensity to be excellent in. Mm-hmm. And I knew I could go into the journalism space and be excellent because mm-hmm. I loved
1: it. So you think that made your transition easier because you had something to take your mind are off you of? Are you reading my
0: notes? Because <laughs> I swear you're taking all my questions. But these are great questions. So I'm sorry, to us <laughs> That's just, come on, school, go ahead. No, no, you was in the row. Go ahead. Go ahead. This fool right here. Are you going to finish your question? Go ahead, JQ. Oh, my God. what? Was
1: <laughs> what is the question? Go ahead, I Spoon. forgot what I was saying. Oh, I mean, my God. Yeah.
2: Not all of that and then forgot the question.
1: <laughs> no, I was saying, like, because, we, you know, we've talked on, on previous episodes about, yeah. you know, how laser-like focus for athletes. Absolutely. It drives us to be good at whatever it is that we right, do. Right, right. Um, not just saying that, you know, it's only because we play sports, but because the fact that we have to be, we force yes. ourselves to be yes. great at our respective sport, mm-hmm. it translates to whatever it is that we Absolutely. decide to do prior. So Absolutely. what I was saying was, <laughs> like, because you already had plan B, mm-hmm. like with the wheels rolling, you felt like, I right, I could dominate journalism. Yes. Did that make your transition easier, letting go of basketball? Because, you know, like you said earlier, once you – That's it. Ain't Mm -hmm. no, there was no, there's no plan B for most athletes. 90% of athletes, especially if you feel like you got a shot, you play college basketball, whatever level, you feel like you got a shot. Right, right. Like, this is it. I don't Mm -hmm. really have a plan B. So you talked about earlier, who am I outside of basketball or football or baseball, whatever your sport is? Who am I outside of that? Mm -hmm. Like, do you feel like because you felt like you had journalism where, all right, look, I feel like I got a shot at this. Yes. I don't really need to go to practice, you know, to, to, because to, it's hurting. Like you said, it got to a point where it wasn't fun anymore. Like it was starting to be something different. You feel like that's what made your transition easier is that you had, all right, look, I feel like I could, I could, journalism might be my route. I'm going to go, I'm going to go jump in.
2: It's interesting. Um, I, I fell completely out of love pretty much with basketball during that transfer situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when I got to Northern Illinois University and Carol Owen, shout out to her, she's one of the associate coaches. I think that's how you say it. It's like the high, the highest assistant coach at mm-hmm. Notre Dame. Associate head coach, mm-hmm. yeah, associate uh, head coach for uh, Notre Dame women's basketball team. Um, she was my head coach at NIU at the time, and being able to be coached by her and E.C. Hill, and and the coaching, the coaches that are Molly Murray, who had played in Michigan and was the one of the best shooters there that coaching staff loved on me. I didn't have that Mm. at Wisconsin. And so understanding about myself now more than ever that I'm a familiar person. I come from a close family. Like that is just, that's something that I need as a person. Mm. And they extended that to me. So I fell back in love with the game because I felt safe with them. And so I was able to play the game that I love. I pledged Zeta. So now I'm in an I I wanted to be in a world that had nothing to do with sports. Mm. I wanted to meet people that were not athletes. So that opened my eyes and perspective, too. Like, there's life outside of this. Mm. And then, obviously, like you mentioned, with journalism, I think the biggest thing that happened was I stopped attributing my identity to basketball. Mm. And that happened when I transferred, but it didn't prevent me from playing the game I loved all the way out to the end. So I didn't sit, you know, on the bench. I was playing hurt and everything else. And I loved my teammates. And I loved – and there's no shade to my teammates at Wisconsin. I loved them too. But I was in a system that loved me mm-hmm. and embraced me. And so, you know, I think the transition was made easier when I decided to leave Wisconsin. I had already made peace with the fact that I may not play anymore. And I'm okay with it as long as I'm safe as long as I'm around, I'm, I'm, I'm celebrated, not tolerated, as long as I'm in an environment where, where I don't feel like people think that they're doing me a favor, mm. and I'm understood and seen. And so when I transferred and got it in, into NIU, that's what happened for me. So that acceptance happened, you know, coming out of my sophomore year when I left Wisconsin. And journalism was just the icing on the cake because I'm like, I have something to lean into, not to settle for, because mm. I think that happens, too. Yeah. Now it becomes, if you get out of college, you don't play anymore, and now it's like, i got to find a job. It mm-hmm. yeah. never felt that way. Ooh. It was never like, i got to find a job. It was like, you know, I'm not, I, I told my professors at NIU when it was time for me to leave, I don't feel fully prepared to jump into the workforce right now. I went to grad school. By the time I got out, I was ready. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. So I've never been in a position, you know, like, i gotta, I got to, I've never, s- I've, I've always worked in my field mm-hmm. since I started, well, since I got out of college. It's never been. Let me just try to do this, and, and I'm grateful for that because that's a gift.
0: What made you uh, commit to Wisconsin, though? <laughs> <laughs>
1: ah,
2: let me drink my water.
1: Look, anytime it start off like this, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> when it start off like that, that's when you know.
2: When, when you're recruited, this is the deal. They're gonna roll out the red carpet.
1: Ooh, y'all, y'all, mm-hmm. hey, y'all, pay attention, it's y'all. Get pay attention, out. Pay, attention okay? pay attention, right here, y'all.
2: And with that being said, there's a level, level of manipulation that happens and it doesn't even have to be malicious. Part of recruiting is manipulation. Mm-hmm. It's getting on the phone. It's home visits. It's rah, rah, rah. It's coming to all your AAU games. It's all of that to get you in the frame of mind that these people want me. Mm. So I think anytime a major D1 university approaches you and says, we want you to come to our school on a full scholarship, first of all, you're thinking, that makes me, I'm I'm the girl. I'm I'm going to Wisconsin. But at the same time, my club team was full of all-state athletes, all-state girls' basketball players. And so we're all playing together. We're like the the Monstars. (laughs) Like we're an all-star team. So it wasn't just me they wanted. It was my other teammates. So to be able to go to school, to college, with my other teammates that I grew to love, that was super attractive to me. Um, but I'm not going to lie to you, the pomp and circumstance of a big school, mm-hmm. it, 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 it causes you to disregard if, you, if that program is really for you. Mm-hmm. I remember going on my unofficial visit, and this is actually funny. Shout out, <laughs> shout out to Gerald Davis. He was um, my uh, AAU coach for Chicago Hoops Express my, my junior and senior year. And we went on an unofficial visit. It was me and him and my uh, best friend, Akia who I'll remind me to tell you a story about her because um, she didn't stay at Wisconsin. I <laughs> um. <laughs> okay, hey girl. Um, but she's my best friend to this day. And so we're on this, we're on an unofficial visit at Wisconsin and it's all nice out and you know, the weather's great. And you know, this is before my senior year. So, you know, the goal is always, you want to be signed before your senior year because it makes it seem like you're so amazing. And then you can just ease into your season and you don't have the pressure and all mm. of this. And so we're on this visit, and it's you know, laying out the red carpet, and we're seeing all these things. This is just an unofficial visit, but they want us to come down. So me and Akia are like, we going here. We had already made up our mind. Like, this is where we going. going. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember being in a meeting with the coaches, and Gerald was there. And Gerald, he's brilliant, just a smart man. He cared about us. He loved us. But at the time, you know how you have coaches that like <laughs> – they will curse you to the. Mm-hmm. They will curse you clean out. He was at that place. Now he's all nice to his players and stuff because he's older. But when he coached us, he did not play, but he cared about us.
1: Shout out John Calipari. You you know how it is. And <laughs> so
2: we were in a meeting, and Gerald kept asking questions like, "What is the diversity like on your campus? And what type of support do black students get?" And we like, and know, kid like, "We don't course? care about that. Yeah. We come here. What you mean? We don't care about diversity." And we thought he was crazy. So we were like, "Why is he asking all these questions? That don't matter." Blah blah. Had I listened to the mm. answers, I wouldn't have gone there. But you're so blinded oh, by everything you see. You are not at 16 years old. You are, and you're an elite athlete, so you get you get everything. You get all the attention, all the praise. You are not aware. At that time in my life, I knew I was black and all that, and I loved it but I was not aware of how my blackness fit or didn't fit in certain spaces. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to get them to, to, to answer that or provide a solution for what he knew could potentially be a problem. Mm-hmm. But because we're kids, we think he's crazy and we're not listening. Mm-hmm. I also think, had my parents been on that particular visit, and my parents very involved, you know, still married, like very involved in every step. My dad in particular, extremist, very on point with everything. You know, parents that's note takers, and they take all the stats down. They mm-hmm. got the camera mm-hmm. out for every game. That was him.
1: Your little camera um, cord. But yeah, with but a hand going yeah, all up. of that,
2: all of that. <laughs> Since I was in sixth grade, he's crazy. <laughs> um, but for whatever reason, I don't recall my parents being there. It was just we went with Gerald, and um, I just remember me and Akia like he's nuts. Why is he asking all these questions? Why don't he ask these Probably questions? All, all the surface us. stuff. But man, I I'm grateful that he tried. Mm-hmm. And he wanted that for us, too, because he thought it would be a great opportunity for us as well. And, you know, when you go to a PWI, you do deal with a lack of diversity, and that mm-hmm. does, you know, cause concern in certain areas, but also it opens your eyes to other things that you need to see and other opportunities and experiences. You get to know different cultures and things like that. Um, but, yeah, had I listened to those responses? Because High Insight 2020, they weren't in-depth responses. They were just what needed to be said to to, to coat and to kind of coax him in a way where he would back off.
1: Right. Shut up. But, yeah, but, this. but. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. so you ruined it. Right, good, right. Right. Exactly. But <laughs> at the end of the day. Important questions.
2: At the end of the day, Gerald Smart. And and he went to a game. We played Northwestern. It was my sophomore year. And I was, I, I got benched for no reason. Like, it was weird. Like, everybody's like, why is she sitting there? And he called me afterwards. And I didn't say anything to anybody about, I want to transfer. I hadn't even told my parents. I was just like, this this isn't working. In my mind. And he was like, to go. Do you want to transfer?
0: Mm.
2: I said, Yeah, I wanna go. He was like, Done. And so at that time, during that time, your club coaches, they would go back to the schools that recruited you before you committed mm-hmm. and see if they were still interested. And he got a right to work. And that's how I ended up at North Illinois University. I went back and visited Loyola. They loved me and um, you know, a few other folks, but NIU he was like, I think you're think this is what you need to do and he was like it's still high level basketball it's mid-major d1 it's still d1 like you can do well here mm-hmm. and so just the same guy that brought us to that unofficial visit and asked those questions was the same guy that with the assistance of my parents held my hand and got me
1: to a place where i was embraced and loved and cared for yeah, yeah. shout out to my best friend man yeah. because i never knew what pwi and all that was <laughs> he went to he went to clark atlanta and he's Ooh. super big yeah he's super yeah. big on the
2: it's a difference. It's yeah, a Yeah, look at her. PWI. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about, bro? Yeah. He's he, yeah. he, he, same thing. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. nothing against them. It's just some people, it doesn't work for you. Mm-hmm. And actually, I could have gone to another PWI and it worked just fine. Right. That particular program, That's not, a good not even thing. the school, the program, program. was not for mm-hmm. me.
1: Wisconsin, though. No.
0: <laughs> I cold I up been.
1: there. It was very cold. Straight. Yeah, it was very cold.
2: Yeah, I know. Good Monta- memories, though. Some good
0: memories. Montana State uh, was recruiting me. It was either Montana State or Maryland Eastern Shore mm. in the MEAC. And my parents were like, no, you going to Maryland Eastern Shore. Mm. We're not going to send you all the way to Montana because it was a P-W-Y-L. Ain't nobody yeah.
1: coming to Montana. <laughs> You were on your own. Be you been by yourself, child.
0: Yeah, they said on my visit, we'll let you ride some horses. And they didn't know a lot about me because I don't like animals. Mm. Um, me and animals don't mix. Um, but, yeah, uh, I am grateful yeah. to be able to experience the HBCU culture. Uh, I do wish that I would have graduated from an HBCU, but it didn't work out that way because I transferred <laughs> like two, three times. But, um. Okay.
1: <laughs> Paperwork is the end goal. That's all
0: right. Get that paperwork, man. Get your paperwork. Cherie, uh, I appreciate you coming on the show tonight. Um, like I said, I was so excited to interview you, and I wish we had more time to get to you know. Hear Me, your too. Story, Me too. Me because, too. Me um, too. Because I think you have definitely brought up to you know everyone's attention that you are a jack of all trades and. I will say this again, being an athlete, there's just some traits that we have that Mm -hmm. most people don't have. Mm -hmm. Um, And I appreciate your time. Uh, Before we go, I want you to share with everybody what you got coming up next. What I got coming
2: up next. Can I do that and share one more thing? Yeah, you sure can. Um, So for me, check out my podcast, Just a Thought with Sheree Nicole, available on all digital streaming platforms. Um and you can catch me on the Willie Moore Jr. Show Monday through Friday. Um, I'm gonna take a break. We're closing out season three of my podcast. Season Mm -hmm. four will pick up in September, so really excited about that. Um, gonna hopefully get on the speaking circuit very soon. Excited about that. And if I stop uh, being a procrastinator, (laughs) I will finish my ebook at some point. Okay. Um, but you know, I I also want to say thank you to you all for your amazing questions and your time. Mm -hmm. And and if I said this earlier. I I hope that what I'm saying is not a discouragement, but a help to parents and to student athletes, especially those who aspire to to play at the next level, whether it's JUCO, whether it's mid-major, whether it's D1, two, three, what have you. Please educate yourselves. Please mm-hmm. inform yourselves, and find your tribe. Mm-hmm. And so for me, um, I mentioned her earlier, um, my best friend Akia. After I had my meeting with the coaches at Wisconsin and decided I was going to leave that day, I walked across the street to her apartment, and she was waiting outside, and she said, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm leaving, and she said, me too. Mm. She's like, I will not be here without you. She asked for a release, I think the, next, the day after me, and she left. So, and she's doing, she's doing well. She found her way. And so that same person that I walked in those doors with, and we thought that was a place to be,
0: Walked out we together. F- we
2: found out that it wasn't, and God still graced us mm-hmm. to be able to be here and say, Man, we figured it out and we're doing great. So I just wanted to shout her out too. And if you have someone in your life that's willing to walk through life with you like right. that, mm-hmm. hold on to those people. And, you know, I'm grateful that I have people like that in my life. So shout out to all my coaches, Coach Owens at, you know, now at Notre Dame, and, um, you know, I appreciate also DDI, her Denise Dub Ionello. She was the assistant coach who recruited me at Wisconsin. She was the only one I trusted. And I think she she knew who I was in totality as mm-hmm. a person and a player. She ultimately left my sophomore year, which is also another reason why I said I can't be here, because there's nobody here that knows me. Go where people know you. Mm-hmm. Not just the player you are. Mm-hmm. I went to a school, they didn't even know the type of person I was, and they really didn't know the type of player I was. Don't go somewhere just because it looks good. Make sure people know you, because if they don't, they will treat you like, hey, we're doing you a favor. You need to do what we say and comply with whatever we tell you to do, and you will be miserable. Mm, Go where you're celebrated, Mm -hmm. not tolerated. Mm
0: -hmm. On that note, thank you so much, Cherie. Uh, Did you shout out your social media Oh, my social media. Hit me
2: up. uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, same handle, at Cherie underscore Nicole, S-H-A-R-I underscore N-Y-C-O-L-E. Check out my Facebook, Sherina Cole Media. Check out my YouTube channel, Sherina Cole. And I think that's it. In my TikTok, I ain't really on there, but at Sheree Nicole, it's <laughs> it's kind of boring. We but just go all, follow me over there.
1: All yeah, I'm not really a <laughs> TikTok girl, but just just follow me like over the there. The end of a movie. I'm
2: sick of all this social <laughs> oh, media. It's too hard. I'm on LinkedIn too. It is Sheree Nicole on LinkedIn. Do you, you know it takes me three, three hours to Tell post every planet. day? Not the black
1: place And Your aim, your aim, AOL, Oh, and it ain't even your blackberry. Put all that up there too. And my
2: cell phone. I ain't doing it. Or you're gonna like have that. people asking you for tickets to the Essence <laughs> Festival.
1: No. Don't yes. ask me for hey, no look, tickets. If y'all want tickets to the Essence Fest, man. Hit up, Sheree, man. She got Do not
2: man. contact me under any circumstance. I am there reporting your sure. page for bullying and harassment. Do not try me.
1: It's your boy Spoon, man.
2: It's your
0: girl JQ and we out.